Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks, your host, and a transformation specialist, working with retailers and brands to help navigate disruption and accelerate change. Thanks so much for tuning in today. This one is episode 260, number 260. And today we're diving into a topic that remains a key focus for a number of different companies across the retail industry. And frankly, I think it should be a focus for all companies almost at all times. And so today we're talking about simplification. And simplification is one of my ever trends of retail, a topic that is always relevant, that we're always talking about. But if we're always talking and thinking about simplification, why is this still on the agenda? Why have we not built simplification into our standard ways of working? Well, there's a couple of different reasons. Firstly, the bar is always increasing. Retail is getting more complex and more complicated. Omnichannel ways of working in particular add in more data streams, more processes, more variation, more complexity. Additionally, over the last few years, we've seen a number of rapid changes implemented quickly. For example, to get Click and Collect or BOPIS up and working in the pandemic, let's say. And these rapid changes were great for the moment, but they were never condensed. They were never simplified. And in some instances, they've never been integrated fully. So there's still a lot of complexity and hard work to be able to get different tools or systems or ways of working to just be streamlined. And then finally, we also must recognize that right now budgets are tighter. And as they say, a high tide raises all boats. But to quote Warren Buffett, only when the tide goes out, do you discover who has been swimming naked. So a couple of seaside analogies there. But ultimately, what we're talking about is when budgets are tighter, everything gets squeezed. And it's important to make sure that we're operating effectively and simply across the whole organization. But like I say, simplification is nothing new. It was one of my ever trends, as I said. I teamed up with Simon Hedo from Rethink Productivity on a number of different episodes, a mini-series we called Simplification Stories. And even if you go in the podcast archives way back to episode six, that's episode six, you know, I was focused on reducing waste in your organization, which is a type of simplification. But given we've been thinking about this for a long time and we're continually focused on it. Why is it so complicated still to be able to simplify an operating model or a business? Well, a few different reasons. Firstly, there is an outstanding assumption still that it is quick and easy to simplify things. You know, we use the term quick wins. Oh, it could just be done instantly, right? Sometimes true, often not. (laughs) But with this mentality set that it is going to be quick and easy, Sometimes we don't get the clarity of the change. What is going to be new? What is going to be different? What do I, 
as a colleague, as a customer, as a user of the change, what do I need to do? And if we zoom out even further, sometimes there is no clear understanding of why we are simplifying things. And that can create all sorts of confusion, especially when added with this lack of clarity about what the change is. Simplification is also complicated because we have inconsistent ways of working with different stores or regions or individuals or warehouses, meaning that one simplification does not necessarily apply equally in all instances. We still struggle with sustaining change, i.e. deploying something and making sure that that new way of working or that new tool is actually used effectively, both six days after launch, six weeks after launch, six years after launch, right? We still struggle to sustain the change. And there are a number of other reasons as well. But ultimately, what we must recognize is that simplification is still important for us as a retail industry. It's still important for our customers. And it's still something we really need to intentionally focus on to make sure that it happens effectively. As with all transformation, if we don't take the intentional action, we can't expect meaningful results. Whether we're talking about huge fundamental change and transformation or small optimizations that refine and add incremental improvement to the business, we must be intentional. We must drive it forward. The show notes from today's episode are at obandco.uk slash 260. That's obandco.uk slash 260. Over there, I'm going to reference a few other episodes where we've been talking about simplification or some of the important considerations about simplification. Also, sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing as well, which is my email newsletter to help you keep your finger firmly on the pulse of the ever-evolving world of retail. With key insights and headlines from around the world, you'll see the retail trends evolving and emerging as they happen, rather than wait for everyone to talk about them. So sign up at www.obandco.uk slash 260. And by the way, the Retail Transformation Briefing right now is absolutely free. So let's go back to simplification and consider a really basic, obvious question. What is simplification? Because it's a term that can mean many different things for different companies. It might mean cost saving. It might mean freeing up colleagues' time so they can spend more time with customers. It might mean a back to basics program or resetting the foundations. It might mean stopping things. It might mean streamlining the business. So if you're thinking about simplification, then the first activity you must embark on is, what are we talking about here? Get your team together, get your stakeholders together and get clear and get aligned about what we're talking about. What is simplification? What does it mean for the organization? What does it mean for colleagues, for customers? Why are you doing it? And where's the scope? What's included or not included, essentially? Because there are many different types of simplification. You might be thinking about customers and thinking, how can I make it easier for customers to be able to shop with us? How can I remove friction? You might be thinking about colleagues and thinking, well, wouldn't it be fantastic to have simple ways of working and simplify our processes and our tools? But you might also be thinking from a company level and thinking, how can we 
streamline our business? How can we simplify our propositions and our operating model? And all of these are correct and true, but they're all expectations that sit within our heads. And if we're not clear on what we mean by this term simplification, it's only going to add an element of conflict into the discussions. And this is the same for all transformation, by the way. We use this term transformation quite regularly, very regularly. (laughs) And it means so many different things to different people. And like I say, they're all right. But as long as everyone is on the same page, it's one of the reasons why I believe there are six different types of transformation, where simplification is one type of transformation, but it's very different than, say, a disruptive transformation or a modernization or the other types of change that we experience in a retail business right now. But simplification is most likely to be more of an incremental shift to the organization. It's not fundamentally rewriting the rules. And it's more likely, but not guaranteed, that you're going to need multiple different simplification options, which collate and add up to something much bigger, an incremental shift that is meaningful. But like I say, it's not guaranteed. You may be just looking at one particular simplification, more likely to be a consolidation or a contraction, which we'll get back to later on. But I find it fascinating to see how this one simple, no pun intended, simple term (laughs) can explode and mean so many different things. It's so important to be aligned, to be communicating, to be talking and challenging each other. So we're talking about the same thing, right? So let's start thinking about how you can simplify, given this broad remit. There's a few different ways that you can approach a simplification. And I would really advocate Lean Six Sigma type mentality. Now, Lean Six Sigma is another topic that's often misunderstood with the assumption that it is only about cost saving, but actually it's hugely more vast than this. And there's an episode on the show notes at obandco.uk slash 260, where you can find out more about what do we actually mean by Lean Six Sigma. Let's really uncover the opportunity with this methodology and this mentality as well. And related to that, it's also important to take a fresh look at the business. Avoid the assumption that A, everything is already working in the best possible way, and B, avoid the assumption that nothing can change or that we can't adapt or adjust this particular system or this particular process, whatever. And then the third element that I wanted to arm you with as you start to approach simplification is how can you get to a consistent starting position as much as possible? Because variation is the enemy of simplification. Let's explore this idea at the moment. It's a really important idea to recognize that variation is the enemy of simplification. Let's think about a factory, right? An assembly line, a manual assembly line, making widgets. And actually, this assembly of multiple different parts and multiple different processes is simplified so that you have a person whose role it is to be able to put a bolt in a hole and screw it up. It's a supremely simple role. Bolt in the hole, screw it up. Next item, bolt in the hole, screw it up. You get the idea, right? This is simple. The variation has been reduced right down. And instances like this have taken some of those Lean Six Sigma methodology and ideas to minimize the variation. You know, let's say the sub-assembly is coming in, it's the same orientation, 
It's the same size every time. This assembly line worker has got a pot of bolts. They're all the same bolt. They've got the tool. It's the same tool. It's one tool for every single bolt because there's no variation, right? They know exactly what to do. And the process has been balanced to make sure that this particular individual doesn't have a bottleneck with the rest of the assembly line feeding in and equally doesn't create a bottleneck at the next stage. Now, of course, this is a bit of an extreme example and that particular role would be very boring. And actually, it's got to a stage in this example where it's so simple that a robot could be employed. Now, a robot in this factory setting or any other setting is really interesting because it, again, focuses on simplicity and no variation or low variation anyway, relative to a human. A robot is focused on one task, one type of job. If it's a warehouse robot, it's about moving stock from A to B. And then there is a different robot that does the picking and a different robot that does the packing, let's say. Now, of course, a human can be very flexible and could do all of those jobs and everything else. But a robot is specialized. It has low variation to keep things simple. So let's explode our idea about variation. Variation means we need to apply more flexibility because there are many different scenarios, many different factors to consider. More thinking power is needed. More decision making is needed, whether that is an internal decision that you are thinking about it yourself or whether you need to go and collaborate and discuss with other people before making that decision. This is not simple. Simple is knowing instantly what you need to do and it's quick and easy and reliable and repeatable. Let's expand on those words just for a moment. We'll start with easy. It does not require advanced training. There is no major thinking involved relative to the rest of the process. Simple means it's quick. It's not overly laborious. And depending on what the task is, we might be talking about one second. We might be talking about one hour, one day. Could be anything, right? But relatively, it is not overly laborious. Let's think about the word reliable. This is the ability to do the same thing multiple times and expect the same outcome. Going back to that assembly line example, you put the bolt in the hole and tighten it up, you know exactly what's gonna happen. It is a reliable process, that one. Now, of course, this is not always possible to keep things reliable, especially when you add in the highly variable aspect of different people, be that different customers or colleagues, but you want to get your ways of working, your processes, your propositions as reliable as possible. And then the final word we touched on there was repeatable. And this is about different people being able to do the same task with the same result. So if we go back to our assembly line worker and we take that individual person out of the assembly line and put someone else in, they can put the bolt in the same hole, tighten it up and expect the exact same result. Low variation. It's fantastic. Now, of course, in retail, often <laughs> we don't have the luxury of the closed, highly controlled nature of a factory assembly line, right? We can't guarantee that the parts are going to come to us in the same orientation with the same bolt needed, right? So let's take an example. Let's take the example of creating a window display, right? Now, in a non-simple way, we could have a window display created in a store by an expert merchandiser. 
This expert merchandiser, let's call them Joe, Joe understands the local demographics and the local interests of customers. Joe understands and appreciates what stores nearby, next door, over the road, what they are doing with their windows and adjusts the plan accordingly. And being an expert merchandiser, Joe can create a unique display, like a piece of art, using custom-made pieces, getting handy, painting things, cutting things, and curating the products from across the store that they feel will work best for that custom environment. This is not simple. There's lots of decision-making going on here. You know, it requires the advanced training. It's not easy. It's got lots of different elements. It's not quick. What Joe creates on Monday the 1st of June and Monday the 1st of December, let's say, are going to be very different as well. And equally, if you go to the store down the road and Joe's colleague, who's in the same merchandising role, has created a completely different display. It is not simple. Let's simplify this option. There is a plan that is sorted and customized across the company based on the space in store and the customer demographic in the nearby area. The window display uses a range of selected products that make sense given the store profile, given the promotions that are on offer, and uses a standardized piece of kit which is sent out to all stores. You could measure compliance for this. You could look at the first simple store and you could look at the second simple store and hopefully on the assumption that the window size is the same, the customer demographics were the same, even if they're like a million miles away, right? The windows should be the same or near enough, right? Very similar result. This is simplification, making it easy, making it quick, making it reliable and making it repeatable. And it's important to consider who are you making this simple for? You know, who is the customer of the simplification? And this alludes to what we were talking about earlier about I think about it from a customer point of view or colleague point of view and so on, but also really consider who is the recipient of the change. And this is a really important factor, whether you're talking about simplification, by the way, or whether you're talking about more disruptive types of change, who is the customer of the change itself, of the transformation? A really important point. Now, you may decide in your retail business that actually standardizing and simplifying let's say window display processes, is not a route you want to go down. Great. As long as everyone is aligned in that, then that's fantastic. But there is a, an opportunity, whether it's about window display processes, whether it's about creating POs for ordering stock from suppliers, whether it's about store processes or warehouse ways of working, customer propositions, whatever it is, you need to decide, is it right for us to make this simple? Or actually, is our opportunity to go the opposite way? Is it better to lean away from simplicity and go into this high flexibility, high customization, high variation way of working? There's no right answer. But if everyone is aligned in your organization, then that, let me tell you, is the right answer. However, however, I do strongly believe there is one particular instance where it's crucial to not simplify. In fact, you should make it as complicated as possible within reason. <laughs> when a few people are serving many people, the great example here is a small head office team is creating a solution for 
an entire store network, thousands and thousands of people, maybe millions of people. When these few are serving the many, you need to ensure that it's simple for the many and complex for the few. It requires hard work. It requires smart work and careful work to set this up correctly for the few. That's where you invest your brain power, your decision making, your flexibility. You get it right for just a few people. And so the many people, it's a nice, easy breeze. Super simple. And that might be for colleagues. It might be for customers. They're the two enormous groups of people that are the customer of retail transformation, right? And so this really comes back to this point about the customer of the transformation. You know, we talk about customer centricity, meaning the consumer, hugely. We need to take that same thinking process and apply it to the customer of the transformation as well. The customer of the process, of the change. And that might be the customer, but it might not be. So as I hope you can begin to understand, there are so many different elements that fold into simplification. Simplification is far from simple, right? And we can dive into these different types in due course. But right now, let's just recognize that making things simple can be, should be, really complicated. There are loads of considerations to reduce down that variation and streamline the business. Whether you're talking about cutting costs or freeing up time or removing friction from the customer experience, whatever that simplification is, be intentional with it. Don't just assume that simplification is quick and easy to do. It should be quick and easy for the customer of the change. And I suppose that's one of the aspects that I particularly love about simplification transformation. It's fiendishly difficult in some respects, but hugely rewarding when you see the customers of the change recognize just how simple it is. It's like that whole analogy, right, of the swan gracefully swimming through, but actually underneath the legs are going like mad, right? (laughs) So we're going to wrap this episode up right now because I want those couple of key points to just really clearly land with you. That is, recognize that variation is the enemy of simplification. Consider how you can make the end result easy, quick, reliable, and repeatable. And also consider where you should not be simplifying things as well. Now, there's loads more about simplification, and I would love to chat to you about it as well. If you are embarking on a major simplification or thinking about embarking on a major simplification transformation, do reach out. I'd love to chat through your ideas and perhaps suggest a few opportunities for you as well. You can find me on LinkedIn or send me an email, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. And I'll put my email address on the show notes today as well. And like I mentioned earlier, there's also going to be other episodes. So if you want to dive deeper into simplification, then head over to obandco.uk slash 260. And to wrap up today's episode, I'm going to leave you with some infamous words inspired by Albert Einstein. Everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler. Thanks for listening. Do hit subscribe to the podcast to catch episodes every single week and I look forward to joining you on one of those very soon. 
Bye for now.